What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Run Your Mouth Podcast. I hope you're out there, you're on your afternoon lunch break. All of a sudden, this popped up live on YouTube, and you're like, I'm going to check out the Run Your Mouth Podcast. And here we are. We've got a stacked episode. But before I get into it, we've got important information to tell you. And no, it's not just that you can still get Yocratums at Yocratums.com for $6 a kilo. It's not just that you could be wearing the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. Using promo code RYM, you get yourself 20% off sheathunderwear.com. It's none of that. Or it's not just that I got a Wednesday night show tonight at Cafe Bohemia where I'm going to tell a story about calling the police and then them not showing up. And then also skiing this weekend, Wednesday. No, I'm sorry, Friday, Saturday at Steamboat. I will be there with Kyle Ruff. I'll ski with you in the afternoon if you hit, hit me up. Bring, bring some edibles, drink some beers on the mountain, hit some trees, get some concussions, and then do some comedy. And then on Sunday, dude... Saturday night, I'm doing my comedy show, then I'm going to get in the car, I'm going to drive to the airport, I'm going to sleep at the airport, I'm going to get on a plane, then I'm going to drive a car to Providence, Rhode Island. You know why? Because I'm going to do shows with Davey Smith, BK Chris, we're going to do a live podcast, we're going to do stand-up shows, and that's it. That is all the information that I've got. You know what? We've done the plugs, we can call it an episode. I salute all of you for showing up for the live stream, that's our show. Have a good evening. Have a good day. And, you know, people are going wild in the chat. Usually we don't get this activity, but uh, Dr. Meatblood wants to know, why are you gay? And the answer is I didn't start that way. What happened was I experimented with gay anal sex and I got AIDS. And then I just decided I might as well stay within the gay category. Um, Ninja Kick, the damn rabbit, says oil. Yeah, it's probably a good investment right now. And Nash Coleman coming in. Word, the fire with the audio. It's true. It's impressive when we can both broadcast on the usually scheduled day an hour and 40 minutes after our usual time, but actually have audio for the broadcast. That's pretty good. Our producer's trying to get his shit together. He recently quit quit his heroin habit, moved over to Kratom, and uh, things are coming together for us. But, you know, there's going to be a time in the future where everyone's going to know Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, sometimes at 11 a.m., Run your mouth goes live. And if you don't catch it live, it might, it might just be gone for the ether. You never know what, what, what's going to get censored. All right, we've already wasted enough time. Let's get right into some topics. There's some media improvements that I think we need in the universe. There's items that I don't think, if we, if we don't correct immediately, it's almost like global warming. This is going to be our last best chance to make these changes. And as long as we implement these changes, the world might end up being a better place. But if we don't actually get cooking on my specific list of things that need immediate improvement, we're going to have some problems. So here's the first thing that we got to improve in this country is forget border walls. We need longer hallways. Have you seen Putin and Z walking through these magnificent hallways, just mocking Joe Biden by showing off their incredible walking skills? I think Z called up Putin and he's like, you know what? I better come to you. You got nicer hallways. You got nicer, longer hallways. You got those long hallways. We can go with the wide shot. We can really show off how much distance we can walk uninterrupted and really showcase how the Americans fucked up by voting in a person with dementia. And we got to get on it. We, we, can't get, we can't be losing to the Russians in the long hallway race. I mean, it wasn't enough. So sure, 30 years ago, we faked a moon landing. But since then, they've been investing in these long hallways. I mean, if, if some aliens came down here and they saw their hallways versus all hallways, they would go, okay, that's the world empire. You see, you see the hallways these guys got? Big, glamorous, giant tunnels with golden arches. And we're over here, what, with round offices? We're, we're going to have to step up our hallway gamer. You know what we need? We need a fashion show where we got to get all of our pretty World Economic Forum leaders out there, your Tradus, your Newsoms, your, uh, your Macaroons. 
dress them up real pretty, and get them walking down hallways. We, we can't be losing the hallway race to this new China, Russia, global empire making a mockery of our world leaders that can't walk real good and having nicer hallways than that. Is that the way that we want this country to end? Being mocked by these other people in their glamorous hallways? So that's the first thing that we're going to have to work on is that uh, China and Russia, they're, they're forging ahead in their own, their own little new world empire. We're, we're, we're splitting the world here. It's going to be uh, Iran, maybe Saudi Arabia, China, Russia, India versus U.S., Germany, South America, which doesn't really count for much. What, what is South America really contributing here? Um, so the point is we're, we're going to have to step up all our hallway game. All right, next thing that needs immediate improvement. The FCC is going to have to institute an F-word button for collapsing news anchors because do you guys want this to be the end of live television? You know, every once in a while you're channel surfing. It's nice to be able to see things that are live. But if we continue to just have news anchorings collapsing live on television, they're not going to have live television anymore. So you, you need a button. You need a button in place, the same as when someone was actually accidentally saying the F-word on radio and you press a button because you were actually somewhat on delay and then it would go blank. So you need that, but with security footage where, you know, like in movies when they go and they rob a place and so they put the security camera on a loop so that the security guard thinks he's seeing what's actually happened in the hallway, but really seeing the footage from 10 minutes ago and you're stealing all their shit. So we're going to need that. But for news anchors, so when they collapse live on air, you know, you don't have to be sitting there as a buffoon. You go, Poo! and then all of a sudden they play the footage from a couple minutes ago. And boom, now we saw, we've saved live television. Here's another one. Talking about central back digital currencies. And God bless, uh, you, you got to give some credit to DeSantis for talking about the important issues. Did you guys see him out there? He was on the, the Twitters talking about central back digital currencies, how it's not going to happen, how he's going to pose it in Florida. At least DeSantis is, you know, I'm not saying that he'd be a good guy. I, I feel like uh, everything's a different devil wearing nicer clothing. That's all it is. So to me, I like the DeSantis clothing, but that guy gets into office. You know, you, you think he's not going to be a conservative shoving women's fetuses back up, even if they've been aborted. He's going to be like, well, you got to keep this for the next nine months, making drugs illegal, starting some other wars someplace else, going back to Gitmo and retorturing people for information that they didn't have. I'm just saying, these conservatives, you know, you get suckered. You're like, oh, this guy seems to be doing pretty good. But he, he's doing good on some things. He did pretty good on the COVID stuff. He's doing good on opposing Fauci. And now he's doing he was doing good about opposing what's going on in the Ukraine. And now he's doing a good job of talking out against central bank digital currencies. He's doing a decent job on some of the biggest issues that we have in regards to freedom. Now, are we just being suckered by a guy who then brings us right back? He goes, hey, I was more into Iraq wars and doing things to benefit Israel than I am this other Jew in the Ukraine, it's a possibility. But anyways, let's stay focused on the improvement that we can make to central back digital currencies. Here's how we ensure that this doesn't happen. We gotta let people know, no, we have to take a stance and go, if there's gonna be central back digital currencies, health is the biggest issue in this country, and so we need to limit people's ability to be able to buy unhealthy foods. Because if we do that, I think average people are going to be like, you know, what happened in New York with Bloomberg. Hey, you can't take my soda. I need a thousand milligrams of sugar every single morning. And how dare you tell me what size soda cup I can be drinking from? Because people in this country, they all want to be fat fucks. That's what we want to do. If we're headed towards anywhere, I'm not the only person with a sugar and fucking bread addiction. You want everyone's going to be kicking the habits on the same time out on the streets? 
I mean, that's how you placate people. You got to give them the bread lines. You got to give them the porn. You can't give them the currency and then tell them that they can't have the exact things that's going to make them docile and not want to protest. So that's what we got to do. We got to get ahead of this thing and say, get the central bank digital currencies, but we got to start saving our, our, our costs on healthcare. And so we are going to limit your ability to consume sugary products because then people will protest. But guess what? If they don't protest, then all of a sudden being a fat fuck is going to become a status symbol. You know, like the way people used to get decked out in their gangster wear so that you knew that that guy had marijuana and didn't care about the laws. So maybe we could do the same thing for sugar. Where all of a sudden you see a fat fuck, you're like, oh, this guy knows how to get some donuts. This guy knows where the underground donut markets are. All right. And then I had one other thing that we need. Oh, here's another good idea. Federal Reserve annual coin toss. Any of you guys watched the uh, World Baseball Classic last night? It was fun because it was a tournament. You got to hate on the Japanese who beat us, but you got to hate on them for a little bit. You know what I mean? That was fun. It was one game. I didn't have to watch a whole season. It was nice and quick. I, I started watching in the seventh inning, inning. I was able to be like, all right, that's America. Those are the Japanese. I'm going to root for America. I was able to get all excited about it, and it was over within a half hour. So I look at all these decisions with the Fed. Hey, are we going to raise interest rates? Are we going to lower interest rate? Are we going to fuck over the savers? Are we going to bail out the banks? Are we going to screw over the pension funds? Or are we going to help the venture capitalists? It's all a big game of them pretending, oh, we're going to keep ourselves at 2% inflation every year. Oh, we're going we're gonna to change our standards because we can't hit the 2% inflation, so we're going to make up for lost time. Oh, but if we hit that inflation, then we've got this problem with the unemployment. Hey, you guys can't be an organization just looking at inflation and unemployment. The important thing that you guys need to start taking into account is ESG scores. We need this environment to be environmentally sound. Even that means if we got the higher unemployment and even more inflation, because you, you bottomed out the economy, at least you got the environments doing better. And then the environment starts doing better and they go, yeah, but look at the economy. It's just a fucking seesaw back and forth of chaos because they can't get any of it done. So instead of all that, let's just have one day, once a year, Everybody tunes in. We gut the entire industry. We fire all these supposed experts who are making all this money, either giving speeches or just working there, just working there, having their good jobs, pretending like they're lording above us, like they've got all the insights and answers and that they're actually making the world better. Fuck that. Let's just have a coin toss. We raising interest rates, we lowering interest rates. Just fucking flip a coin. However it lands, that's the way it's going to be. And then we move on. All right, and then here's my last brilliant idea of immediate fixes that we need to make this country a better place. Bunch of Oath Keepers got in trouble. I don't know if you guys saw that a bunch of uh, Oath Keepers, they got in trouble, and there was this picture where they're like, look at all these guys. They're wearing their military helmets. They're wearing their military gear. So here's what we need. If you're going to be protesting, you got to get yourself like an old lady suit so you can pretend like it's a uh, like it's a drag protest. Are you protesting the drag? Or these drag people who are protesting. You want to pretend like you're a drag person who's protesting, because that's like the privileged class. You just got you got to bring your books as if you're trying to protest that they won't let you read it to kids in drags. But then really, what you do is you get a military helmet, and then you just put one of those wigs over it. You get a full body armor suit, and you just put it under like a Mrs. Doubtfire style dress. Now the next thing you know, you're in full riot gear, but it just looks like you're trying to read a book to kids. And you can blend right in. That's like, that's like being deep left undercover. 
Oh, I, I was just looking for the place to read the books to the kids. That's the only reason I'm out here at this protest. I was here to read books. That's it. And then the book, you gotta get like a heavy book that you can actually use as a weapon. Like maybe, uh, maybe something like a phone book or you put your, you get your old lady purse with the books in it. Now you got a good weapon and then underneath your Mrs. Doubtfire dress, it's nothing but body armor. And underneath that wig, you got yourself a military helmet. And then when they take pictures and they try and go look at these people in military gear, you just blend right on in there. All right. That's it for, uh, my brilliant immediate improvements to, uh, fix basically everything that's happened in the news the last couple days. Uh, all right, here we go. Z Putin meet in show of unity. So we've got our deep state elites trying to think about America first, bullying the entire world, making sure that everyone stays in our currency for the next hundred years and that everything's good for America, picks a fight with Russia, doesn't make sure that China's got in our backs. Now we continue to let this thing linger. It's getting worse and worse. And Z finally goes, you know what? We're done with this whole thing. We're going to go over to Russia and we're, uh, we're going to show that we're not taking America's side here. And so I am just appreciating the catty language coming from American leaders about China working together with Russia. That's how we're, that's how we're going to beat these people. We're over here. We're complaining. We're getting, we're getting money for socialism and left causes. And so forget fighting with people or making good decisions about global economic strategy and otherwise. The one thing we've got left is catty language, and we're going to use it to our benefit. So here we go. Anthony Blinken said Z's trip coming days after the International Criminal Court issued an arrest warrant for Putin suggests that China feels no responsibility to hold the Kremlin accountable for the atrocities committed to Ukraine. They've got, they, they feel no responsibility. Remember, we need all hands on deck. We've got borders, these magical lines between countries, and each evil little dictator, they get their little territory, and we've got to respect the little territories of each evil dictator. And if, and if every country doesn't do that, then it's all going to fall apart for everybody. I just love that. Suggest that China feels no responsibility. They don't feel it at all. Uh, we're over here, and then here is the other line. The United States has dismissed the proposal as a charade intended to give Russia cover as it presses on with Putin's war in Ukraine, which has become bogged down. They're not even winning the war. They're just, they, they want cover so that they continue to just go into Ukraine and kill people for, for sport at this point, because it's not even like they're winning. It's not even going, yeah, you, you want to help Russia while they're out there losing. You want to go join the losers. Best of luck. So if you're wondering what America's policy is in terms of de-escalating the war, it's um, we're just we're, we're going all in on caddy language. We're just figuring if we can just get out there and hire enough moms that just recently left the Real Housewives of California to write for our politicians, we might just be able to shame these people into uh, uh, changing what they're doing. But listen, what does it matter if Russia goes and starts taking over the world? Uh, it's coming to an end anyways. I mean, this is the latest from the Washington Post. World is on brink of catastrophic warning, UN Climate Change Report says. So what does it matter anyways? I mean, we're the, the, the planet's going up anyways. These are the people that have reached the, higher, the highest levels of government power. They might as well enjoy their power and go invade other countries while they can. This might be the last chance in human history for a dictator of a country to use his tremendous wealth and resources to go invade his neighbors. And that's really all you're doing the whole time. 
watching your neighbor over there, that's like for us, if you're just watching some hot lady, and then at some point you find out the world's going to end, you're going to go for it? I'm not going to go for it because I'm not a sick individual. And I'm not telling you that if the world starts coming to an end that you should uh, break all societal norms because I believe that there's a higher place that you go to when you die. And you don't want your last moments on earth to have been spent doing something so horrible that you show up at the pearly gates in heaven and God's like, you know, you did pretty good your whole life. I don't know why you had to do that in the last five minutes. You were basically in and you blew it in the last five minutes. But that's you and I because we're not sociopaths. But these world leaders, they're sociopaths. And they spend their whole lives just looking at the borders thinking about, you know, I could probably go into Mexico and fuck those people up. I could probably expand my territory. It's not enough that I got all these slaves in my region paying taxes. I could probably go in there. You and I, we're thinking at it from the standard of, oh, look at me. I've already got a paycheck coming in. I've already got all these loyal servants that got to pay me their taxes. And as long as I keep that line over there and pretend like I'm protecting them from other things and giving them resources, then these fucking sheep slaves just continue to pay me their taxes. But that's you and I. That's the way that we would operate our business if we were lucky enough. But that's why we never get to these positions. We never become dictators. People that are dictators, they look at those lines and go, maybe I can push it a little bit more. And if you're telling me that there's this global warming thing, and unless we cooperate with all the other dictators who I know aren't going to take my calls or get along with me, it's all going to come to an end anyways, then I might as well move that line just a little bit. All right, this was a wild tangent. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. World is on brink of catastrophic warming, UN Climate Change Report says. Right, guys, it's, it's nearly over. Go take all your money out of your bank before your bank closes anyways and decides to give it to the nearest rich person around. You know, when, when there's a bank run, they're going to go, well, we need all of your money to plug it back into the financial system because as long as it's in the bank and in the hands of rich people, then we can get the machinery and plumbing flowing again, and then eventually you might see some of your money. So forget that. The banks are closing. The planet's warming. It's all coming to an end. So, you know, just buy yourself some Kratom. That's really all that is left to do. So let's read this. So they're so convinced that the world is coming to an end. Let's read the, the science here, because if they know that the world is ending and they have good science that the world is ending, they might as well share it with us because if it's that clear cut, I would think everyone would get on board with this. I mean, even the people in China, even the people in India, I mean, if we've got 100% evidence, everyone likes listening to the scientists. If we learned anything from COVID, I mean, China was like the best at listening to their scientists. They kept everyone locked in their houses for years. So if you're telling me that there's solid science, I'm sure China would be on your side. I mean, when it came to science for COVID, they literally, they would keep people in their homes. They shut down their economy. They got no problem shutting down an economy if it's uh, in the name of good science. So if you've got good science, you just got to educate the people of China and then the people of China will stop polluting. So let's see how scientific this good science is. Here we go. The world is likely to pass a dangerous temperature threshold within the next 10 years. Well, sounds like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Hey guys, the, the, it's definitely going to happen. What's definitely going to happen? I don't know. Something perhaps in the next 10 years. But we've got the best scientists working on this and we're 100% sure. Let's keep going. Pushing the planet past the point of catastrophic warming. So it, if there's going to be a, there's a catastrophic level of warming. We don't know when we're going to hit it. We don't know what might happen that will get to that point, but it will be catastrophic. Unless nations drastically transform their economies and immediately transition away from fossil fuels. According to one of the most definitive reports ever published about climate change. There you go. So let's recap. The world's definitely coming to an end. The best scientists were able to make that decision. It might happen in the next 10 years. We, we could pass this dangerous thing. 
and you just have to trust that it's the most definitive report ever. It's double secret probation. It's the worst thing. All right, what else do I got here? In your world of, hey, as long as we transition away from fossil fuels, everything will be better, which it's not true. If your technology's worked, if your green energy's worked, if they actually provide a value, everyone would use them. But you know what's happening? You're coming into the market and you're introducing force to try and force us to use products that don't work as well so that random individuals can profit. And when random individuals can profit via force, you're just you're stealing from the market. You're getting in the way of growth. You're getting in the way, actually in the way of the economic growth and the functioning system that would allow us to have wealth and prosperity and then just grow out of, you know, we could be, we can be on spaceships, going to other planets, having sex with aliens. We, we could be coming up with uh, things that you didn't even need to fly. You could just teleport to Mars, have sex with an alien, teleport back for breakfast, and be like, baby, it's not cheating on you if, you, if it was an alien. Who knows where technological development was going, but instead of that, we're going, hey, this random guy with the windmill needs to make his profits so that the people of BlackRock can show their returns and that they can keep paying their coupon payments and the bonds to that pension fund and the whole system doesn't go under. Sure, it's a bad system that favors the elites, and we're the ones who are always yelling about the elites, but we got to make sure that the system stays intact. Isn't that, a, isn't that a kind of funny that they're always yelling about how the system favors the elites? And then when the system would naturally crumble under its own weight because of the blunders that the elites made, then they just come in and they go, well, we have to save the system. Well, isn't that the exact system that you guys have been complaining is bad? All right. Not ESG-friendly insurers junk entire EVs for minor accidents. It's something that I've said on the show before. I've said I'm not entirely sure on the science of this, but it seems to me like these electric vehicles, they're not that, uh, they're not that environmentally sound. You know, my car, I got a car, it's operated for over 12 years. I think I just put like fifteen or $1,800 into my engine. And my mechanic's saying that it might be good for at least another 100,000 miles. I've got an old Subaru Legacy that was given to me by my grandmother uh, when my grandfather got to a point that he was acting like Biden and they took away the keys from him. And then I actually felt bad taking the car because my grandfather would sit at home all day thinking that he needed to go to work, but he couldn't go to work because I hadn't returned his car to him. But my grandmother pointed out to me that I had two options. I could either take the car or she was just going to sell the car. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll take the car. And so luckily, my grandfather actually had a lady that loved him and was willing to take away the keys. Unlike Dr. Biden, who with her doctorate should be willing to go, hey, maybe this guy shouldn't be flying around the world, shuffling like he's looking for toilet paper and, um, you know, possibly getting us into nuclear war or bottoming out our currency. All right. But anyways, that was another tangent. We're trying to stay focused here, talking about the EV market. And so these cars, what happens if you can't recycle them? So I got a car might last me on the road for 20 whole years. Is your car actually more environmentally friendly? And then it takes more carbon to actually make the things because they're over there in other countries. They're burning uh, coal so that they can make you, so that China can make you an electric vehicle. Of course, that carbon doesn't count. And then basically you have to have the thing on the road a certain amount of years before you even break even from a carbon standpoint. But if every single time one of these cars gets into an accident, you just have to throw the thing away. Well, then your recycling costs, you're not even being environmentally friendly. I bet if you did a breakdown of every single thing that they pretend is environmentally friendly, it never actually meets their models of the environment because they're the ones that make the models. All right, moving on. This is, I have no idea the accuracy of this, 
but it just fits into everything that I yell about every single day. And so if something fits your particular narrative, you don't do that much homework. You just take a screen grab and you go, all right, let's talk about that on the podcast. LVTR, I have no idea what the fuck this is, but it was a post, $178,000 a year. That's how much a diversity manager can make. Get equipped for one of the highest paying jobs in HR. Because this is the problem with our society and when you get socialism and government money in the system, it's that nothing is about creating value, nothing is about products and services, nothing is about the invention, it's about aligning yourself with government so that you can get government money. And so now if you're a kid, you can be the smartest kid in the entire world, and you might start to uh, you might start studying how to become an ESG corporate officer, where you use all of your brain capital, all of your intelligence, to better police that your company is actually working towards bullshit. Because the whole thing is bullshit. Government introduces bullshit to the system, and then rewards people who are willing to invest their time and efforts into that exact bullshit. And so you know what we all end up with? More bullshit. All right, and now I've got a number of clips. The first two are on general topics. They will remain on this channel, and then we'll be going down from the YouTubes. You know why? Because we're, we try and be a good, upstanding citizen of uh, the YouTube platform. And so, you know, we, we don't want to play things here that might educate others because that's not what people come to YouTube for. All right, let's, um, let's take a couple comments, and then let's play some clips. Um, um, our reality has become completely surrounded in petrochemicals, so-called businesses and production. Mansa West, just think of all the fossil fuels that are used to mine the products, not just build the cars. Rep Ray and Cap, 80% of Americans work paycheck to paycheck, so we don't give a fuck about the bands crashing. Uh, all right, we'll take two more. Luchido, imagine if automotive manufacturers put the EV R&D money into further increasing the efficiency of gas engines. I agree 100% on that. We've been working on gas engines for a long-ass time. Think about how productive those things could be getting. Maybe we get 1,000 miles to the gallon. I don't fucking know. Maybe they figure out how to get me off the ground where I actually got a flying car that operates the same as my car, and now I don't have traffic, and I'm getting all sorts of miles to gallons. Have some faith in your local scientist. You know, it's, it's the rest of you people that like, lack faith in science. Me over here, I've got so much faith in smart people who can figure out shit that I won't because I'm home eating cake. And that's what the world's about. I can make a living by screaming in my living room, and that person can actually go invent something, and then their invention can actually create value, and then all of us will go spend our money with it, and then that guy will go invent more shit. All right, let's uh, get into some clips, and then we got some recent stuff on COVID which uh, will not be on this platform, and I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe what we'll do at some point is uh, clips will start going pay only, Patreon or something, I don't know. Bro, you need a funny producer co-host to read the chats with some pizzazz and charisma. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I, I read it when it's good. Like, that one was good, and so I got excited by it while I'm reading it. You're getting an honest reaction of how excited I am or am not by your comments. And sometimes they're great. That was a good one. And so it got me excited. But sure, you know, maybe once uh, we start going and charging money for all these amazing clips, we'll not only afford a better producer for me to yell at, but also the guy can 
uh, read chat comments. And now I'm getting distracted by the chat. So we'll take two more and then we'll move on to the, the, um, the clips. Maybe they stop killing the bros who make water pen, uh, powered engines. That could be, that could be, I don't know enough about that. Email me that story. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I just piss in my gas tank and you know, it keeps me going. I just stole someone's sketch. I saw someone do a really funny sketch about that. All right. This is Haley's concerned about China Russia alliance. Lady's looking pretty. You got to give her that. Lady looking pretty good. Let's hear what this uh, old school conservative running for president, part of the elites, got to say about the situation between Russia and China. How do you see it, uh, China's role in Russia and what they're doing now? This goes back to the debate that, you know, we have to talk about this in a way that we understand that there. Does it seem like Sandy from SpongeBob? Some of you guys might be also be kids, not just have kids, but act like kids and get that reference. There is nothing China would love more than to see Russia win this war on Ukraine, um, because a win for Russia is a win for China. These are two countries that have named and two dictators that have said they are unlimited partners. We need to remember that. They chose those words carefully. You look at the images today. That was very intentional. This is the new axis of evil, with Iran being the their junior partner. What we have to do is stay focused. We have to have the backs of Ukraine. That doesn't mean we have money or troops, but we have to finish this because China does not want that. And what we have to make sure of is when Ukraine wins this war against Russia, that will send a message with China that wants to take Taiwan. It'll send a message to North Korea. It'll send a message to Iran. We have to finish this. This is not a territorial dispute. This is a fight for freedom, and it's one that we have to win. How do you see it? So now we have to fight China and Russia, because if we don't, the world won't have freedom anymore. How do you see it? All right. Next up. Oh. Okay. Yeah, this is fun. This is fun. I, I laughed my ass off when I saw this yesterday. Uh, and it's a random Dr. Phil clip. I uh, came across my Twitter feed. I've never watched daytime television, but sometimes you come across it, and it, it is a guilty pleasure because what they do on daytime television is so unbelievably rotten, where basically you have producers, and they go out and they find freaks of human beings, and then they put them on television, and then they pretend like they're offering help with a straight face while they actually are just exposing and mocking human beings uh, for being oddballs. That, that is the structure of these television shows is producers sitting around going, Hey, I found a freak. And then a show host sitting there pretending like they're helping the freak. Uh, but we all kind of get what's going on. And so this is a overly conservative guy who has a daughter who is, uh, or uh, I, I don't know how to say it. He's got, I guess his son has transitioned to female, uh, and firstly, the dad's the funniest person I've ever seen. Like I watch him. I'm like, do I have to be more bald? Is that, is that why I'm not this funny? Do I just have to be more expressive? Do I have to somehow lose weight so that my upper jaw sticks out a little bit? I mean, my upper cheekbones have more of like a triangle ratio to my jaw, but you've got his son is dressed like a lady, but is handling the situation like more of a man while the overly uh, conservative male father can't keep it together and is acting like a total lady why of course dr phil's just here printing a paycheck and his producer goes hey i found you guys a good freak right all right let's give this one a watch <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Tell me what you're thinking and feeling right now, Gary. I'm hurt bad. <laughs> I'm just warning everybody, it's probably not okay to be watching or laughing at this. Like, there, there might be segments that maybe you just want to uh, skip. There, there, all right, I, let's continue. Really bad. What do you what do you have to say? Why? I just I just want you to know that you didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. He feels like he, he lets you down. He's gone back to the point of he says one time for Halloween. Yeah. Uh, talk about that. They literally did their homework before him. The producer goes, hey, this is this gets the guy really worked up. Go ahead and ask him that. And so Dr. Phil gets to pretend like he's the good guy here. And I'm entertained, so, you know, I'm not faulting Dr. Phil. This is this is a winning structure. He dressed up like a girl. I thought it was funny at first. No, I certainly don't. I thought it was Halloween, you know, so... I, just went along with it. Actually pinched him on his behind and said he made a good-looking girl, but I was only joking. He's not a good-looking girl. He's a very beautiful man. <laughs> I would love to see this guy just react to any any situation that's going on in our uh, country. Maybe they wrote this script for him, and he's just that bad of an actor, and maybe that's why this is so funny. Right. They could, and, and maybe daytime television writers are just that bad. He's supposed to be a beautiful man. All right, that, we probably didn't need to play that on the show. Uh, um, all right, everybody, we're going down from YouTube because uh, now we got the spicy stuff. We got, we got the, here comes the good stuff. You guys had to, you know, go through 34 minutes of me ranting, yelling, making dumb suggestions, and, uh, Come to uh, come over to the live stream. You can come over to Twitter. You can come over to Twitch, or you can watch this live. Uh, it will be up tomorrow, basically Spotify only. That's really the only place to get the censored content. Um, all right, or no? I guess it continues to stream live right now to Odyssey and maybe Rumble, but I don't think it stays up. You know, I'll have to yell at the producer. He can look into this. All right, let's give Rochelle. Walla Walla Chinsky a listen as she reflects on uh, some of the uh, decisions that the CDC made over COVID. Um, well, you know, I think I can tell you where I was when the CNN feed came that it was 95% effective on the vaccine. So many of us wanted to be hopeful. So many of us wanted to say, okay, this is our ticket out, right? Now we're done. Um, so I think we had perhaps too little caution and too much optimism um, for some good things that came our way. I, I really do. I, I think all of us wanted this to be done. Nobody said waning. 
when, when you know, mm -hmm. oh, this vaccine's going to work. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe it'll work, it'll wear off. Um, nobody said, well, what if the next variant doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as potent against the next variant. Could we even Wait, literally everybody you censored said that. I mean, if you take her at her word and she's lying, I had people who were getting their doctorate degrees say, hey, this vaccine makes zero sense because there's second, there's a variant, it's not going to work. And now you've got the lady going, well, we were just too optimistic. Well, even if that was true and you were just being too optimistic, you yelled at us saying that you guys are the authoritative force that gets to make a decision, that everyone has to listen to your decision because if they're not, they're not listening to the science. And now that it turns out that you guys were wrong, you go, oh, well, we didn't really engage in science. So wait, so while you were yelling at us that we're not allowed to question it and that you guys are the only people who are principled in engaging in science, you're now saying after the fact, well, we were just being optimistic. Well, if you were just being optimistic, then why were you forcing it down all of our throats and pleading that you were the authority that needed to be listened to? This lady should be probably being tried, uh, but at a minimum, she be, should be losing her job. I mean, it's reprehensible. I'm sorry, maybe now I'm an actor and how worked up I'm getting, but it's like, firstly, you're lying. You had people on your team that knew full well that this vaccine was not going to work the second there were variants. You know how I know that? Because there's no way it just came up from the listeners of my show. You've got the best scientists or you have got well-paid people who have gone through school on your show. I did not go through school. I did not have a great understanding of science. All I do is a program. Not that many people even listen to it. And off of that, I was able to get the feedback. And guess what? It was all over Twitter. So if you guys did anything, even like the slight, if I had any product in the world, if I was doing a marketing campaign, which is not nearly as important as you guys making healthcare policies for the entire country. And I started getting feedback all over Twitter from people going, hey, here's why your marketing policy is not going to work. I might even take back that information to the team and go, hey, here's some of the information I'm getting from the market. You guys did the opposite, where you imposed something on everybody, and now later you just, oh, well, I guess we were being too optimistic because nobody could afford, well, everybody forecasted it. First, you're lying because you guys were aware of it, and so now someone should be investigating why you just get to flip and go, oh, nobody could have forecasted it. And if you guys are now just saying, well, no one could have forecasted it, well, then you did make a conscious decision to ignore everybody who was giving criticism on the basis that you had a perfectly reasonable so now you're admitting to the fact you guys didn't have a great structure you were just sitting around being optimistic well if you were just sitting around being optimistic instead of actually engaging in the scientific process which is what you're claiming is your job you should be getting fired now i mean this should be played for every single liberal you've ever met in your entire life the exact lady who was telling you hey we've just got to listen to the science we've got everything under control we've done all of our homework then turning around and going, well, there was no science. It was just us being optimistic and then lying to you about the fact that our process was more than just being hopeful. They might as well just be holding crosses and have told us all that we need to be in church all day praying. Actually, it would have been less harmful. You wouldn't have an mRNA, in you, which might not be an issue, but, you know, we don't, we don't actually know. Um, all right, let's play. No, let's play this video first because this is Rand Paul. Actually, no, the Fauci video is shorter. I just got to pull this down first, but let's watch this because I thought this was interesting. So I think on today's part of the problem, we played this video of Fauci where he's walking around with the mayor 
I think of uh, Washington, D.C., and he's trying to convince people uh, that they should be getting uh, the, the jab. His efforts are not successful, and the conversations that he have with uh, just typical people, just typical average people, not that wealthy, not necess- not probably not the most well-educated, intuitively understood very simple concepts such as, hey, if I get vaccinated, I can still transmit this, so why are you telling me that I'm going to protect my family? Or how are you guys able to create a vaccine this quickly? Or doesn't isn't COVID a little bit like the flu? And you guys are claiming death numbers, but those are the numbers that you guys are claiming, and you've been wrong on these things. Really simple questions. And after all, these scientists who are overly optimistic and not engaging in the scientific process, it might be good for them just to talk to, I guess, non-scientists who just have a little less optimism and might actually have a little bit more clarity because they're not as brainwashed by their own optimism. Very, very simple idea here. I mean, who, who would have thought what the CDC could have accomplished if maybe they actually just went out and talked to typical individuals? Maybe that should be the new show, CDC in the hood. Just send CDC people down to the hood for someone who is a little bit less optimistic to just go, nah, man, what do you think about, come on, like, you know, just a couple clarifying questions, and then maybe they go back and go, oh, I think maybe we're being a little bit too optimistic here. So anyways, you got Fauci, and uh, while Fauci was engaging in all this science, I mean, the amount of money that was also being spent on his own propaganda to make him look like he's a decent person. I mean, we already had that Disney documentary that came out with Bono, the world's biggest turd and a loser. You want to know how much Bono fucking sucks? He just put out a little tiny desk concert. And you can go watch just about any band in any genre in the little tiny desk concert, and for some reason in that environment, they fucking kick ass. But you put the edge and Bono up there, you take away all those lights, you take away all those effects, you take away all that stuff, you just put, they fucking stink. They, they, they're, they're stinky musicians, and Bono, with his Facebook investments, it probably is some deep state asset who's no longer cool, and yet they still parade him like, oh, look, uh, Fauci's friends with Bono, and everyone's supposed to be like, oh, well, if Bono likes him, I guess I like him. You two always sucked. I never liked that band. Even when they were, even when I would like listen to a lot of classic rock stations, Bono and U2 would come on and I would change the channel. And and if you're a fan of U2, go watch a little tiny desk concert and see how U2 is without all those little pedal effects for the edge when he strums a couple random chords. All right, so anyways, you got Fauci. And apparently that footage that we saw yesterday was from a PBS documentary where apparently a whole team was following around Fauci Fauci, he's working tirelessly and endlessly on his own propaganda. How much time did he even have to engage in the scientific process? Maybe that was the issue. Maybe Fauci could have actually handled the COVID vaccine if he wasn't too busy doing constant coverage of how he was handling the COVID vaccine. So this is a clip from the documentary, which I believe is coming out. Maybe I'll track down uh, Brian. We'll do another hate watch. I'm a little at capacity with podcasting, but I did enjoy that a lot. I'm just not around on Sundays as much. Anyways, um, this is Fauci's PBS documentary. It's a clip from it. He's walking around with his wife, and um, let's give it a watch. So Tony has security 24-7. It started in the spring of 2020. I'll even stop there. We're supposed to feel bad for the guy that he gets 24-7 security, probably paid for by the taxpayers. I mean, this is the lifestyle. Like, this, the, like, how weird is it? So you put yourself into the global elite where you get constantly paid for protection 
And and now you're like, if anything, I would feel like, why don't you just go be evil, know that you're being evil, and then you sit in a room with your other people. Like, it, it's kind of funny to me that it seems to get to these people that they also want to be liked for it, right? They want to kick us in the dick and then have us praise them for it. It's almost kind of what happened to Will Smith. If Will Smith slapped Chris Rock on live TV, which he did, he must slap people all the time. I feel like that was part of the conversation that was actually missed in that. If you think it's okay to slap someone on live TV, what, you think that was a single breakdown? Or do you think that typically speaking on projects, he's slapping everybody because that's the way he operates? And if you're actually operating in that space where constantly you're hitting people because you can't control your emotions, that's on you. That's a miserable lifestyle to be, to be living. Like you, like that, you might think on the one hand, oh, wow, you became so powerful that you can get away with acting shitty towards people. But then you're also always looking for the opportunity to be shitty towards people, which means you're always kind of on that cusp of breaking and then hitting somebody that can't feel good internally, your own spirituality. That means you're like, that's like an addictive space with someone who needs heroin all the time. But for you, it's anger and hitting people. And then here's what's so shitty about being Will Smith. You've had a very privileged lifestyle. You're very wealthy. You, you live in a mansion. You've had a lot of years where people liked you, but you're so addicted to being liked. You can't just be like, wow, what a run I had of not being that good of a guy and getting away with it. And then I was such a bad guy. People caught it. But now it's just about reconvincing people that you're likable and that you're actually a nice guy. Fauci seems to have the exact same thing. Dude, you won. You, you've made millions of dollars. You've made, I, I mean, if we're going to be favorable to you, You've just not the brightest guy who didn't make the best decisions for people. And not only does that not weigh on your conscience where you're like, you know, I, I actually know people that have worked jobs in medicine and they hated it because they felt a responsibility to their patients. And even though they were good at their job, they really cared. They really cared for their patients. They in some ways felt like they were playing a losing game because they couldn't give all of themselves to it, because no one's God. That's the way it works at a job. Even if you're giving it your all, sometimes you feel like it's not enough. And that's the way good people are oriented. Fauci's a different kind of fucking monster. Where not only does he make bad decisions and then not feel good, if you give him the most favorable outlook that the guy was well-intended and just made bad decisions, not only does he not feel bad about making bad decisions, he wants to convince everybody else that he should still be praised for the bad decisions that he's made. And now we're supposed to feel bad for him. Like, in other words, uh, 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 like, just think of the level of sickness here. The guy is essentially taking a victory lap on the profits he's made in his career, the wealth and privilege that he continues to have, the security that he, the security that he has, and yet we're still supposed to feel bad for him that not everybody, I guess, praises him adequately to level of praise that he would like heaped upon himself. Let's continue. You know, and they go with us everywhere we go. I never answer the door. I never answer the phone. We don't get any mail at the house. You feel like you have to be aware all the time that there's a possible danger. You didn't uh, smell the rose yesterday. Want to smell it? See if you can smell it. Yeah, let me see. <laughs> Got it? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Some of the messages make me furious. I mean, I get some on my own, you know, 
you're going to rot in hell and you should be hung. All right, let's pause again for a second. So I guess this is what I find surprising. If I were the Fauci's and I was out there and I was being evil, I would go, wow, look at that. We had a pretty good run. We won. We're wealthy. And behind closed doors, I would enjoy my wealth. And, or, or maybe I would reflect on it and go, hey, I fucked up. Is there some sort of a way that I can redeem my soul? I would do one or the other. But now this is fun because not only were they evil, it bothers them that we notice it. And so isn't that fun that at a minimum, you know, we might be losing and all sorts of people might have mRNAs in their blood. We might have already uh, lost years of our lives being shut down because of the guy's bad policies. But isn't it at least nice to see that our talking out against it and educating other people to the fact that these aren't good people gets to them. Isn't that at least nice? Isn't that a little bit of like, doesn't that feel good a little bit? Just knowing that they're this bothered by the fact that people like me talk out against them. Let's continue. Uh, you know, things like that. What's this? I mean, it's very sad, actually. Sometimes it's scary, but mostly it's sad. I mean, there are two things that are true. One is I know how hard he works and how much he cares about what he's doing. And I also get to see lots of positive feedback that he gets from people. Thanks. One of my heroes. Yeah, good to see you. Take care. You would think that some of the gratitude was a positive thing. It doesn't feel positive. It feels exposed. You feel so exposed. All right. That's I mean, the that end just of this. doesn't feel that doesn't feel good. That's not a by the way, just in case you need a clarification, don't call and threaten the Fauci's. That maybe it sounded like, because of the placement that I was saying, that, that don't do that. That's not cool. But it seems to me like they want to be uh, praised and loved all the time. And so Tony has security 24-7. them, and they don't get that. They seem to be upset. And so at least that's fun, that they don't get something that they wanted. All right, let's play... This one last video. Mr. Benzel, uh, Moderna recently paid NIH $400 million. Do you believe it creates a conflict of interest for the government employees who are making money now off of the vaccine to also be dictating the policy about how many times we have to take the vaccine? Good morning, Senator. Uh, indeed, we recently made, a, before Christmas last year, a $400 million payment to the NIH for uh, an old pattern that they had developed, not related to COVID, but useful in the development of a COVID vaccine uh, to, to prevent them for their work. Uh, it's for the U.S. government to assess how that money should be Do you think be it creates a conflict of interest for the same people deciding the policy of how often we have to take the vaccine to also be making money the more times we take the vaccine? Yes it, or no? This is for the government to decide. Senator. You have no opinion on whether... All right, so let's start with that. One, uh, Moderna did make a point payments to the NIH because they uh, helped create the vaccine. The NIH also was the organization that approved the vaccine. And the individual scientists, I guess, worked on that are able to make payments. The I believe this is the CEO, or it's at least a representative of Moderna, does not want to have to defend that. So he just goes, that's not my decision to make. That's for your government to be making those decisions. So let's understand Factually, it's accurate. Moderna did make a payment to the NIH, and the CEO does not want to defend as to why the exact organization and potentially scientists working in that organization are approving his product 
are also profiting off that off that product. He just not going to answer it. That is for your government to decide. But we were supposed to make that payment to them, and we did make that payment to them. It's almost like if you, I don't know, you're bribing the cops, and they go, all right, not the best example. Let's continue. Not that it creates a conflict of interest. Is there a higher interest? Or oh, did you guys just see that guy's eye move? Was he getting nervous or was the Moderna vaccine kicking in right before our very eyes? Did you guys see that little twitch there? A higher incidence of myocarditis among adolescent males 16 to 24 after taking your vaccine. So thank you for the question, Senator. First, let me say we care deeply about safety and we're working closely to, with the CDC and the FDA. To Pretty much a yes or no. Is there a higher incidence of myocarditis among boys 16 to 24 after they take your vaccine? The data I've shown actually, I've seen, sorry, from the CDC actually shown that there's less myocarditis for people who get the vaccine versus who get COVID infection. You're, you're saying that... Even that's a lie versus, well, you're going to end up with both. For ages 16 to 24 among males who take the COVID vaccine, their risk of myocarditis is less than people who get the disease. That is my understanding. That sir. is not true. And I'd like to enter into the record six peer-reviewed papers from the Journal of Vaccine, the Annals of Medicine that say the complete opposite of what you say. I also spoke with your president just last week, and he readily acknowledged in private that, yes, there is an increased risk of myocarditis. The fact that you can't say it in public is quite disturbing. Do you think it's scientifically sound to mandate three vaccines for adolescent boys? This is for the public health leaders to decide. Senator. You've been at. I mean, even that's crazy. That's for the public health officials to decide. I don't know. It's your product. What's the recommendation that you're making to the public health officials? Why is that for them to decide? Didn't you guys invent the product? Don't you guys test the product and make the recommendation? Why don't you at least have a recommendation? So, or why are you guys making a profit altogether? If the product's been invented with help by the government, and then the government itself gets to decide the way it's used, uh, so I mean, also picks up some of the marketing tab and then forces the customers to go purchase it. Why do you get to profit off this one? Look at this. You finally get these people in front of the cameras. And they're unwilling to defend their position at all. While we're at home being told, listen to the scientists, everything's been studied. At least Burlow, the guy from Pfizer, is willing to, even though this guy sounds like he's a fucking guttural speaking Israeli Jew also. Sounds like the, the two of these guys could be brothers. Burlow's at least willing to lie to you. This guy doesn't even have the stones to lie to you. You finally get him in front of a camera. He goes, well, I, 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 that's up to your guys. That's up to you guys. That's up to you guys as well. Advocating for it, you've been interviewed and you've been advocating for boosters. Do you know when the myocarditis is most common among these adolescent boys after the second dose? When I spoke with your president, he readily acknowledged in private, yeah, that maybe there ought to be a discussion whether we ought to have one vaccine versus two versus three. If 90% of the myocarditis comes after the second dose, why don't we have a rational discussion about one? Marty McCary, a physician from Johns Hopkins, has said exactly the same thing. It's been discussed, and yet we have this ridiculous notion from the CDC. So the CDC says, and I'll ask you this question. Let's start it as a question. Your 16-year-old's had COVID. Your 16-year-old gets better and now has recovered from COVID. You vaccinate them and they get myocarditis. Are you going to give them two more vaccines? Your child, give them two more vaccines? I'm not a clinician. I will have to discuss. You have children. I do. Have you vaccinated your children? I have. How many times? 
Three or four times. Three or four times. We so the, the CDC recommends this. It's for sure a lie, by the way. And, you know, you're obviously someone who's self-interested in the outcome here. But the CDC says that if your 15, 16-year-old gets COVID, recovers, takes a vaccine and gets myocarditis, is hospitalized with elevated heart enzymes and is very sick, the CDC says as soon as he gets better, vaccinate him again. You know how many American parents think that that's a rational, reasonable thing to do? Do you know how many countries don't do this for children? Uh, Sweden doesn't offer the vaccine for kids under 12 unless they're at risk for severe disease. And I agree with that. I'm not saying never on any of this. I think it's a very reasonable position to say kids at risk or have some diseases that there may be a reason for vaccinating some children. Finland doesn't recommend it for under 12 months. Norway also. England as well. France, Poland, Germany, Switzerland, and all vaccinate 12 and up. So we got half the world who have looked at these studies. There's a study in Israel of thousands of patients, and yet you sit here and act as if you've never heard of myocarditis, and you don't think it's an increased risk for young adolescent males, when all of the studies who isolate out people by age have found that, yes, there's an increased risk after taking your vaccine. Pfizer, too, but worse with Moderna. There's an increased risk, Senator. I was comparing it to somebody who gets COVID. Well, that's also not true either. But there's an increased risk of getting it. But even when they compare it to the disease... Even that doesn't make sense because getting the vaccine doesn't... Pre I guess it might prevent you... Maybe his argument, it prevents kids from getting serious COVID. And so it, they end up... There's a higher rate of myocarditis amongst kids who got serious COVID versus from the vaccine. Stephen, you can run the math on that one. Doesn't sound accurate. There are many papers out there who do, that do show that there's more of a risk of myocarditis after vaccination. So you have to weigh the risk and balances. And you are right. You're going to make less money because you're going to try. And they're already trying. The CDC's got it on their schedule. They're going to try to force all the kids in America to do this through school. But guess what? Parents aren't going to do it. They've seen that COVID is not deadly in children. And you're right. It's become less deadly over time. Your market's going down. So you aren't going to make as much money. I'm all for you making money in an honest way, but I don't like the idea that the people making the decisions in government are also receiving money and are now conflicted in their interest. God bless Rand Paul. Maybe there'll be a day when the public actually wants to become educated about what happened amidst the COVID-19, and maybe people will come around. There'll be some good editors out there that uh, can put together the stream of Rand Paul versus Fauci and uh, how much that there's actual public documentation of these conversations being had in public. And then, of course, you can have the uh, unbelievable spin of organizations such as the Washington Post and others and the way that they characterize these conversations after the fact. All right, that is our show. Thank you for hanging out. Look at that. We did a full hour. We're becoming broadcasting champions, 1,000% fact-checked and backed by Russia. Uh, Steamboat, Friday and Saturday, doing shows. I believe it's 8 p.m. at Schmiggity's. Come hang out. Dude, Kyle's a hilarious comedian. In the past, he has hosted. Um, Adam Nutter's coming out on this one. Uh, who else is on the lineup? Some of those locals have been absolutely fantastic. I've done a bunch of gigs with Adam Nutter. He's a good hang. Who else is on the, 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 the forget some of the guys' names. Guys, come hang out. We're going to have an excellent time out at uh, Steamboat. Been very impressed with the local comics every time I'm up there. Kyle has built an excellent scene. Um, what else do I got going on? Sunday, we're in Providence. I got my weekly Wednesday show. I got the Shedcast. I got part of the problem. I'm talking into microphones a lot. So, you know, go to the places. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, send an email chain later about your grandma's organs being harvested. Tell your friends about the show. 
because then they can live in the future, celebrate being right. I'm sorry that I didn't put my phone on silent. That was my producer's job. Once again, that guy tends to fuck shit up. We'll see what the 45,000 texts that I got throughout the show was. It'll be hilarious if this was another one where it's like your sound's not on. Uh, but that's our show. Thanks for hanging out. Have a great day. Peace. Sayonara. Later. Goodbye.